At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Right, a languid offseason was interrupted slightly with the news that LeBron James has signed a 1 plus 1 extension for the Max with the Los Angeles Lakers. He could have been a free agent next summer that is now no longer the case he's now lined up uh, in 2024 with uh, his son potentially being in the draft so what we're gonna do we'll talk about that a little bit and then we've got a chance to get into i think we're actually even gonna do two weeks in a row uh or two shows in a row i should say of mailbag questions because we got so many amazing ones uh here uh, on twitter so we thank our listeners for that let's get right here to it john and talk about your thoughts on LeBron extending with the Lakers. I thought you made a very interesting point on Twitter yesterday when you said that this extension was timed so that he cannot be traded this year. If he had signed earlier, uh, then he would have been trade eligible just before the trade deadline. But because it's six months after he signs it, uh, now it pushes just past the trade deadline, which will be Feb 9 this year. And so LeBron James can't be traded this entire season. Uh, I think that is actually somewhat interesting because the situation that the Lakers are in now, look, he has an out in 2024. He's probably going to try to sign with whatever team drafts his son. That team will probably not be the Lakers, given that they owe their first round pick to New Orleans that year, even if it ends up being a high pick. Do the Lakers end up in a position where if they're bad this year, they basically have to trade LeBron James? Yeah, he does have a 15% trade bonus. Uh, Which will be irrelevant because he's over the max. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, And, and, you know, they can't trade him before the deadline, which uh, they could have gotten more value for him then, of course. I don't think they would. I mean, they'll still have AD. uh, And, I mean, I think that they'll still feel like they can get some cap space, right? Like if Horton Tucker, by some miracle, were to opt out of his player option they could have 33 million in cap space um even with lebron on his max and i think also they just without if they don't have their draft pick for 24 they're not going to want to tank that's that's the beauty by the way of that deferral that one david griffin got for 24 and 25 that's actually going to work out pretty damn well if there is this lebron being there one year and then not the next year and you don't have to decide on that until after the first season is over i i mean i think they also just they'll want to like make money like like they're actually really about making a bunch of money with this team although 
maybe you could argue because of their tv contract that it's actually more profitable for them to just have a cheap team than be in the tax so but it seems unlikely they'll be too deep into the tax because they'll be trying to rebuild with uh with cap space anyway especially after they trade westbrook for Kyrie. right yeah i I mean that's that's the other thing your colleague yovan reported that lebron is putting pressure on them to make a move but he's not putting that much pressure on him because he rather make sure that he locks in two more years of guaranteed money and another hundred million dollars basically if you know because he, he could you know play 30 games this year right like that's kind of been the trend so I, I think since he got that championship in 2020 it's kind of been like yeah you know i'd like to win and but eh, i'd like to just get paid and be in la actually seems like a slightly greater priority for him right now i would agree with that and, and I actually would say the Lakers front office, the one decent thing they've done is do a good job of calling his bluff on that. So far, so good, right? I mean, they haven't they haven't overcommitted to uh, to a, to I mean, other than so let's let's go backwards. So the Westbrook trade was a giant fail, right? Um, and this letting, just in, yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's and they're still letting Clutch negotiate all the contracts, right? Like Horton Tucker's deal, Lonnie Walker's deal, like that's still that's still a fail point, right? Uh, yeah. They so far have not been willing to just do okay. We'll give up 27 and 29 first round picks unprotected just to get Westbrook out of here. I think they would. I think they would rather. Uh, my argument has been they're better off taking their medicine this year and then just being you know, a little more free in the future seasons. Now, if you can, if you could turn Westbrook into Kyrie and re-sign Kyrie, maybe that, that logic changes a little, but like LeBron does not care one fig about 2029 first round pick, right? Like he is, he, he will be well onto the golf course by then. So it's, it's hard for the Lakers as, you know, stewards of the franchise to, to navigate this, this thing between the present and the future because it's not like going all in on the present guarantees them anything. I mean, like they still might not be that good. So what are you really even getting out of it to mortgage your future? Yeah, I mean, I do think LeBron has a concern that they actually get the best value for their future draft picks if they are going to trade them because there is an opportunity cost. And, uh, you know, it could just be if 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 they're going to trade for, I don't know, Buddy Heald and Miles Turner and give up two picks for that. Like, does that really get you anywhere? if you're the lakers like you know i i to me i've i've said for a while let's see how lebron and ad look number one and then let's see if they actually found anything with some of these scrap heap guys that they brought in this offseason uh, you know whether Tor- horton tucker can be a little bit better like i'm i'm not gonna blow smoke up anyone's ass and say that westbrook is actually gonna help them this year but you know just kind of see whether this group if you added something would actually help and then also they just they gotta wait for this Nets situation to play out like Kyrie is seems to have realized that oh yeah you had absolutely no market and if you want to get another contract you probably should behave so he's now saying all the right things uh, about how he's fine being in brooklyn etc etc if only just to be a good soldier and get a market for next year and then you know the kd thing has got to happen so it doesn't seem like Kyrie is even necessarily going to be available soon like i don't know if the nets at this very moment i don't know if they even would take the two first round picks for westbrook deal so i, I think they just it, we got to wait and see what happens and you know if these guys are below 500 or something uh as they get into the trade deadline then yeah you know it obviously doesn't make sense to to make yeah. a move the the other thing we're waiting on a little bit that nobody's talking about is the rest of the utah fire sale 
I mean, Donovan Mitchell to New York is obviously the headline, but you look at Clarkson, Conley, Bogdanovich, Patrick Beverly, maybe even Malik Beasley, who's got one year and then an option. Like, that's a lot of players potentially coming onto the market who, like, everything's kind of stopped right now because you have the KD domino and the Mitchell domino. But I think some other pieces are going to fall once once those are out of the way. I think that's there's it's going to be a really interesting late trade market this year, which we rarely get. Yeah, you're talking about late in the sense of like right before the season potentially. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I mean, we know from our own experience, just on the media side, like shoehorning three seasons together, like everybody just needed a break. Like after summer league ended, everyone was just peace out, right? They're like nothing happened because they just <laughs> like everybody in the league is exhausted and just needed to go to an island for a while. I think now people are starting to come back, especially after Labor Day. I think you'll you'll see a lot sort of pick up in this department. Yeah. All right. So I I think this doesn't really change that much. Maybe it gives the Lakers a little more impetus, not necessarily from a feet to the fire standpoint, but just a feeling of like, yeah, it's worth still like LeBron James is committed to us. So maybe we should commit to him by giving up more future assets to try to be good. Anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time. So when it's time to dress up rather than dress down, I highly recommend Inochino. They were the official outfitter of my wedding. I got my tux from there. All my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well. I felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly. Because when you go somewhere else, you're not going to get something that's made for you. So why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you. And not only does Indochino have the suits that made them famous, but now they've got everything. Blazers, pants, women's wear, outerwear, designed and made for you. Hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from. European wools, linen, cottons, tons of colors, tons of patterns. You can customize things like the lapel, the vents, the pockets, and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. So level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use the code PER. Easy to remember because John and Benedict used PER to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O, Indochino.com. And don't forget that PER code to let them know you came from us. I remember after college, before I was going to move on to the next chapter of my life, my buddy and I went to Hilton Head, South Carolina to work some summer jobs and hang out. We had a great time, except for his car. His car was awful. We called it the POS. It was like a 91 Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra. We're allowed to talk about Oldsmobile now that it's a defunct brand, right? Is that okay? This thing had the turning radius of a World War One battleship, broke down all the time, just a, a miserable vehicle to drive. And when customers are rushing to your store, you want a point of sale system that you can trust, not a real POS like my buddy's car. You need Shopify for retail. It makes it easy to accept payments, manage orders, and build relationships with customers. You can sell in person, backed by everything that you need to sell online, track every sale across your business in one place, know exactly what's in stock, connect with customers in line and online. You can drive in-person store traffic with plug-and-play tools for marketing campaigns on social media, 
Get great hardware that fits your business, accept credit cards, mobile payments, every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing starting on day one. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PER. All lowercase, easy to remember slash PER because John invented PER. Go to shopify.com slash PER to take your retail business to the next level. Today, that's shopify.com slash PER. Let's talk mailbag here. And you had a chance to go through some of these, as did I before, and I'll let you pick the first one. All right. Uh, The first one is from Andrew Mayerson, who asks, what is the most a player has ever risen in your estimation over the course of a single playoff series? Um, And he mentioned a couple of examples of Jokic against the Clippers in 2020 and Kawhi in the 2014 finals. I actually had a different series in mind, which was... Kawhi in the um, 2019 uh, series against Philadelphia, Philly? yeah, where I he was he was just so good in in that. I mean, that Philly team was really good, and it, you know that four bouncer at the end is sort of this amazing sliding doors moment in NBA history in a lot of ways. But to, to me. Like that, and then the series against Giannis afterwards. So I'm almost, I'm, I guess I'm amalgamating two different series a little bit. But yeah. that was really like, okay, holy crap. Like <laughs> this guy's the best player in the league. Yeah. No, that that was that was a pretty incredible one. I've got one here that came to mind. Okay. James Harden, 2012 West Finals against the Spurs. Uh, okay. He's still on OKC at that point. He's the sixth man. They lose the first two games in pathetic blowout fashion, come back, yeah. win four straight, and he's closing out the Spurs for them at the end of that. And then he had a shitty finals after that. But yeah. that was sort of the one where you're that I think that made it plausible. Maybe Daryl would have gone after him anyway, but that made it plausible, like, oh no, this guy's gonna be getting a max contract after right, that. Like right. I think it was it, whether it's from the Oklahoma City or somebody else, this guy is getting a max contract. Um I'll go a little bit back in time for another one, um, which is uh I'm trying to make sure I get the year right. I believe it was 2011. Mike Conley of Memphis, who at the time was signed to an extension that a lot of people didn't like. Uh, against Oklahoma City in the second round, uh, matched matched up against uh, Westbrook a lot of the time, and yeah. that, that's a forgotten great series actually. That, I, that first so of, of I, those matchups, I covered that series for ESPN. I wasn't working for the Grizzlies yet. That was an awesome series. Um, the uh, you know we had the triple overtime game four uh, that really decided the series. Uh, went went seven. Memphis won game one on the road, so the outcome was in in doubt basically the whole time. Uh, yeah, that yeah. was a really fun, interesting series. So this is one I can't say that I was watching this, so it can't be a player rising in my estimation. But I would have to say the all time answer to this one is Michael Jordan in '86 against the Celtics. <laughs> 49 in game one 63 in double overtime setting the uh playoff scoring record in game two that yeah and that they lose both those games yeah, yeah that game two performance was the yeah that was that was the exclamation point where everyone kind of stood up and was like oh okay this guy 
Yeah, because he had only played 22 games that year because he had the navicular fracture and then he came back he was on this minutes limit and everyone's getting pissed off both ways about that and so then he came in and at, you know and the, the Celtics actually were I think the number two defense this that year too they're actually a really good defense in addition to being one of the best teams of all time and the game three he kind of went out like a lamb a little bit but those that's like it served notice of like oh no this guy you know he's actually doing this in the playoffs now like and then the next year he averaged 37 a game so that was that's probably got to be the all-time one where you're just like no this guy now has a chance to be one of the greatest players of all time after seeing this series um another one would probably have to be lebron in 2007 against the pistons the one that they actually won oh Um, yeah yeah, yeah. With the, uh, you know, he had scored the 29 out of 30 points. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, yeah. every, everyone knew that LeBron was great, but I think you know, everyone's like, oh, these guys are like a cute underdog against the against the Pistons. And then he just completely you know, took to over actually, the end of game five. Yeah, that was unbelievable. Yeah, to get that team to the finals w- was ridiculous. Um, yeah, I mean, Jokic, that was a, is a great one too, that Jokic against the against the Clippers. Um, trying to think if there's any one other ones, any other ones that really like come to mind off the top of my head. Um, uh, yeah, there, I'm probably forgetting like Manu Ginobili's first great series. Like he probably had one in 2003 where you're like, this guy is is pretty incredible. Uh, like he's actually going to be like a guy in the playoffs now. Um, so I that O five that O five so finals yeah. that O five finals against Detroit. He was he was he was really good and and good actually, in ways like against that defense. You know, where where you, you definitely thought more. Okay, this is this is actually an all star talent here. Actually, I've got another one too from that era. Okay. Although then it turned out that he got hurt before the next training camp. Amari Stoudemire averaged 37 points a game in the West Finals, which they lost against the Spurs. And yeah, he was playing center and he's probably a reason why they couldn't stop the Spurs either. And they also were missing Joe Johnson, who had broken his face uh, in the Dallas series. But no, I mean, that, that was. Like, that seemed at the time like he was just killing Tim Duncan. That So that was what I was going to say. That was the super interesting part of that series is they were pick and roll with Nash all year and they actually went away from that and were just like isoing Amar hit the foul line against Tim Duncan and he was wrecking him and that, so that that was really interesting yeah. just in terms of what a force he could be offensive like pre-injury Amari was was a handful as a big because he could shoot from mid-range which bigs didn't shoot threes back then but he he could shoot enough that you had to guard it and re- like really had to had to guard it he could put it on the floor he was so explosive and just just left you with nothing yeah do do yourself a favor if you have not watched amari just watch the number 32 amari because he changed his number to one after the injury like number 32 amari was just ridiculous um maybe one more you could say too uh yeah uh, I, I, oh I uh, th- no uh, uh jimmy series yeah. J- yeah jimmy butler in the in the bubble uh especially the uh the milwaukee series yeah yeah that's what because he had never actually really been effective in the playoffs uh until i mean he was okay in that toronto series but it wasn't incredibly efficient like for him to be like oh no this guy is actually like capable of getting a team to this level um in the bubble yeah that that's a great one too all right let's move on here yeah we got this question and i actually want to save this for a whole other pod of who is the greatest owner 
and GM of all time. I think that's actually Ooh, something that would yeah. be fascinating to go back and talk about. And that just deserves its own pod uh, where we actually like do some research. But so let's hit on this one instead from Lance. And I think this is a good chance to get into some CBA minutia here. Okay. What's wrong with a handshake deal for a future contract? Why is that considered cir- circumvention and open for penalty? Why do you think this should even be a rule? Who does it actually hurt? Okay. Uh, it is considered circumvention because usually there's a handshake deal for a future contract in return for taking less money on a present contract. So it allows a team to sign a player it otherwise could not sign. Right. And there are specific rules or or to just the, the team to just keep the guy rather than him going somewhere else. Right. Uh, yes. Like I'm sure there's a number of teams that would have loved to, would have loved to sign Nick Batum last off season and could have offered him way more money, but instead he ended up back with the Clippers on way less because it would seem that there was at least a tacit understanding that yeah. he would be receiving a much larger contract later once his bird rights had accrued. Yeah, no, I mean, Portland did make a, a an offer to him. It's something that was a higher number. I mean, I, I, I can't remember if that's been openly reported or not, yeah. but um, the, the so Warriors the op- offered their mid-level too. Yeah, the yeah. opportunity was out there. Uh, and so, so go on. So, so what's wrong with that? So there's a reason there are specific rules and the contract language about raises and, uh, what you can and can't do with a contract and those straitjackets exist to prevent shenanigans on future deals and abusing bird rights. And you see the league learned from early in the salary cap era when these guardrails did not exist, teams were very creative, uh, some of the better, smarter teams, in the workarounds they came up with in order to uh, sign players to short money and then and then immediately give them longer deals. And where it really came to a head was the Joe Smith saga, where they had him sign basically two consecutive minimums and then had, a, had an agreement that they actually signed for some reason to pay him like some extraordinary amount of money after that when, when they had full bird rights. So basically... It, it allows teams to sign a player with cap room they don't have, in other words, that, that it, it allows them to cheat the system. And who it actually hurts is the other teams that would, want, would have wanted to bid for the player. Uh, so, yeah, I, de- I definitely think that sh- that should be a ru- rule. It it makes the salary cap system more fair for everybody. There there are exceptions in there that teams can can work within. But I, I, th- I think it becomes too Wild West also when you have handshake deals for future deals because they're not enforceable either. So I think it just opens up a lot of problems. Yeah. The whole point of the salary cap is that you can only spend a certain amount of money on players and the only way you are able to exceed the salary cap is through one of the 11 exceptions things like bird rights rookie scale etc if you are over the cap you must have an exception to spend money and so the concept of bird rights building up was that okay if you if you have a guy for a long enough time they're supposed to not even really build up uh, until over three years then you can pay the guy whatever you want and the thought was well hey you know no one just having to sign one-year deals Like no one would actually really sacrifice three years worth of earnings to get in a position where they can get the max from this team that didn't have the space to sign them, right? Like, I mean, that's that's part of how this could work. You sign a guy for two years at very little when because you never had space to begin with. 
And then, all right, now you can bump him up, right? So it's a way when you didn't have space to eventually get a really good player on your team and give him a max contract. The other thing that's in the CBA is every agreement between a team and player must be reduced to writing. And there's a number of reasons for that. One is uh, that, hey, you know what? You can't say, well, uh, the owner also owns uh, this grocery store. And hey, we're just we're just going to uh, pay you another $15 million to endorse the grocery store in addition, right? Like every agreement between a team and a player must have must be written down for that reason and so if you have an agreement that is not written down the other reason it has to be written down is every contract has to be approved by the league and clearly if you had an agreement of okay we'll sign you to one contract here and then uh a year from now we'll sign you to this next thing even though you're the league would void that contract so uh that is uh if you didn't have these rules against circumvention everything would go to hell you'd have all these under the table deals and just the whole purpose of the salary cap and promoting fair competition in the league would be eliminated so and it would just continue to get even more out of control like they're still able to do it now you know with there's some plausible deniability like with this batum thing or the portis thing but there there are limits on what can happen there right like you know if a guy was worth a max contract at the start of the this period like he's not going to just take the minimum for two years and then you know get 10 million a year on early bird rights so at least it's the current system limits the abuse most of the way anything else to add there or should we move on let's move on at bet365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every goal every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at bet365 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's take this one from Darcy Corbett here. Uh, can you go over what the Ben Simmons settlement might mean for the league? Did it have to be a Philly outright win in order to avoid a lockout? And to set you up here, John, Woj reporting a couple days ago that Ben Simmons and the Sixers have reached a settlement for him to recoup, quote, a portion of the uh a portion of the disputed amounts so that could be anywhere from one cent to the entire like yeah you know over 20 million dollars that's at issue so that's essentially meaningless uh and it hasn't been reported what that actually is and also worth noting that it never got to the point of actually being adjudicated and becoming precedent which I, I I don't know what, what do you make of all I, I got some thoughts but like the fact that it's not reported the fact that they reached a settlement that we may never even find out what are the implications of that it's hard to know because we don't know how favorable the settlement was to uh to Simmons right we, we don't know how much of this money he got back I mean there was some level of plausibility in the in the idea that he was out due to mental health concerns and not due to just holding out at the same time I think I think the majority of people are at least a little skeptical of that. And I think one of the things we definitely need to see in the next CBA is, 
or that we'll probably see is stronger language on the failure to render services part of the part of the CBA, and in in particular with p- players with remaining years on their on their contract. I because I, you can see where this is going now as we get into KD's situation too. I think KD's situation, if he ends up holding out, that's going to have a big implication for the labor negotiations because it could be the last thing everyone sees before before they really start haggling. So, um, so it's, but it's hard to really say without knowing what this settlement was, because if the Sixers were able to keep most of the money, then I think the league, the league can argue, okay, the system work and the, and the players can argue, okay, like the system you wanted actually was effective. You don't need to go any further than this. But if that, if that wasn't the case, then, then I think there's going to be some real uh, heads bashing here. Yeah, I guess number one, I assume that the outcome of this will be known to the negotiators, right? Like, are all the teams going to know it? Are all the owners going to know it? If so, it seems like it would be impossible for it to not get out eventually. You would think it'll get out at some point. And I'm trying to, like, certainly the league and the Players Association are going to end up knowing about this, right? So let, let alone Ben Simmons and the people who work for the Sixers. So just just based on that, you have to think it gets out at some point. And I think honestly, it should get out. I mean, that's if I were another team, yeah, of course I want to know what what ended up happening. Like, we need to know what the precedent was. Like, if if Ben Simmons got eighteen of his twenty million dollars back, like I need to know that. You know, I need to know that 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 was the case because of like how how am I going to deal with this now? Like, I mean, there's still even if there is an, an actual binding determination, and I think you know probably I I've thought that the the case was that Simmons case was very bad, and that that was kind of my default and i also think the fact that it hasn't come out yet of what the number was is also an indication that simmons didn't get much but i don't know that for sure um because i think if he had gotten a lot like you know people would have been pretty pleased by that and his agent certainly would have been happy to get that number out there too you would think yeah so uh, uh, this is also by the way a part of this is a great example of why the preeminent nba reporter being more reliant on the speed of breaking news than actually the content of the news that is broken is kind of a problem because you know now like just the question is not being asked of like how much was this like the, yeah. the fact that a settlement was reached like that was more important to get out there than oh how much was the settlement which is actually the really important thing to know but that's that's probably something that people know but it's just not in their interest to report because people don't want it to get out um in, in any event that from that aside i think regardless of how much you got it's not going to re- lead to a lockout i would also say if you are a and there aren't many agents that are like this but if you are a rank and file player i'm not like pushing for this for like i would i think kd should have to play right like like, i don't want to give something up else something up elsewhere bargaining over this like do you actually perform your contract issue or not like that only applies to two percent of the guys in the league who are like on max contracts probably so i i don't really care about that if i'm a rank and file player like i don't want to give up other stuff yeah, and that when you, you've got a chance to just like, yeah, yeah you know what I'm saying. I, I'm yeah, if I if I if I'm Jared yeah. Vanderbilt or somebody, it's like, what? Why are we trading this horse right now? Right? Like that 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 shouldn't be yeah. some that shouldn't be something we we stick dig our heels in and give up something else that's more valuable to the rank and file to get because that's inevitably the way it works. Like you're not you're not getting that for free if you're the players. Yeah. Now, of course, with the stars involved and the agents most who represent both stars and non-stars most beholden to those stars, 
it's never going to happen that way i mean like they they presumably gave something up last time so they could get the over 36 rule pushed up to over 38 for the benefit of chris paul and lebron or whatever which you know that doesn't help the vast vast majority of people um but regardless of how this turns out i would be shocked if there were a lockout i think like a lot of people are talking about this i just don't think there's any chance whatsoever of lockout. I, everyone is making too much money i would be shocked if there was a lockout yeah I, I mean this for the overall health of the league everyone is making so much money the players aren't pushing to change bri you're not seeing like massive system changes push for like a maximum maximum salary or a hard cap we haven't heard any of that stuff any rhetoric from either side you know when when the owners start crying poor that's when you start to worry if they're if they're not giving us that rhetoric i think they're gonna be fine i i think it's it, i i this may be hard to sort through and it's i mean the other problem too is it's just it's a really hard issue to deal with like if a guy wants to just get out there and not really try that hard how I do mean, you enforce the how do you enforce that, effort think, yeah 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 i mean do you just give teams more ability to find guys for half-assing it like the but that even that is just so subjective that's something i think the players association would fight but other than that uh, i I mean if you could just say hey james harden you didn't get back on defense like you're not getting paid for today's game like that's not how it's gonna work yeah no chance i I mean i guess the only other thing you could do yeah yeah i mean the only other thing you do is like make it like football where there just aren't as many guaranteed contracts but like contracts in the nba don't have to be guaranteed that's just what you have to negotiate to actually get good players so there would have to be something in the cba that like outlawed guarantees for more than x number of years or something which of course no one would ever agree to either but again i just don't think this will be that big of an issue particularly unless it gets out that simmons you know got like 90 percent of his money or something yes which Um, i I can't okay what's next here i can't imagine philadelphia agreeing to a settlement that gave him that much so um yeah so let's let's yeah uh, yeah i mean that's the other thing yeah uh Mac attack, uh, 145 yeah. asks, uh, what is the thing that would most surprise us casuals about working in the front office? Uh, the thing that surprised me the most in my first couple years in Memphis, especially was how hard it was to carve out time to actually watch basketball games, especially ones that don't involve your own team. Like you are, you are so waist deep in the business of your own team and the practices and the games and the road trips and staff meetings and dealing with this and that and signing players to 10 days and all this, all this other random stuff, going out, scouting uh, college players and G League players. The time that carving out time in the day to just watch NBA games and keep track of the league actually gets really hard uh especially in the in the throes of the season as you get closer to the trade deadline in january february it it was it was a really surprising thing to me that i just hadn't thought about until i was until i was working on the team side that for that first year and you just have to really like shut yourself in at, at, at times to just you know at night or early in the morning or whatever to just to just carve out that space to to see see teams play uh that 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 just i just didn't have any expectation of that until i until i started working for the grizzlies yeah i've heard that from a lot of executives that i've talked to uh and you know danny ainge for example when he went to utah any larson reported that he didn't want to have to do the day-to-day shit yeah <laughs> and apparently meeting with the media was that but then then once they moved down from quinn snyder i think 
think they actually roped him into i think D- danny kind of threw himself into the role a little bit more i think once the, the season was over and it was clear that they were gonna have to really uh do some rebuilding but yeah and i think maybe also you can comment on this as well as like how much of the stuff that you have to deal with is just non-basketball oh absolutely yeah there's a bunch of that i mean there's a lot of positions you have to hire for instance over the course of the year where um and these are these are positions where you might not even have subject matter expect expertise right you want you want to hire someone to oversee your uh me- your medical and and training staff and whatever like we're we're not doctors <laughs> so uh you know how do you how do you how do you do that and what you know what are the what are the models you can bring for uh, from other teams uh just uh dealing with staffing and everything at the at the end of the season into the next season all these player transactions are happening but at the same time your coaching staff is turning over your front office and scouting whatever a lot of people are going out getting different jobs and whatnot it's just a time of incredible flux uh and you're you're dealing with all that and then just making sure all the trains run on time during the course of the season uh is is really uh, it's it becomes its own thing. Like th- things like just random thing, you know, like draft workouts. Like those don't just happen. Like your your G League team, it doesn't just show up. Like somebody has to build build that roster, and you have to hire a G League coach and have somebody be be your G League GM. And th- th- so there's just so many different elements that go into it, and a lot of them are only tangentially uh, related to basketball, you know, little like meet and greets with season ticket holders or uh, meetings with minority owners. There's just a whole bunch of just, just stuff that ends up filling, filling in the calendar that is like, it has something to do with basketball, but it's not, it's, it's really more generally managing, right? Like the the general manager title than, than it is just dealing with, say being a fantasy basketball manager yeah no that that's definitely true that is part of the other reason being that nobody has hired me uh why i don't <laughs> end up working in a front office uh i've had um, a lot of, i've had a lot of interesting conversations this one, uh, now yeah. since since i left the team side about team side versus media side with other people that have done both it's 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 an in- interesting dichotomy yeah I, I i am convinced that i actually am happier like you know i work from home i get to spend time with my family even if i work like a really hard day i can you know take 10 minutes to go like check in on my daughter or, or whatever and i two months out of the year i can work basically from anywhere if i want to like go on a ski trip i can ski half the day and then watch games and record at night like i just i i may work close to as hard as some executives do parts of the year but i'm also just have so much more flexibility and life and also just like so much more of my life is within my control i mean i think that's another thing it's just, it's not it's not even constantly it, yeah it's not even a question of the time like in terms of like working hard versus not working hard it's more that it's 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 the consumingness of it and that it's that it's always on and it's always humming in the background even when you're theoretically doing something else i I think that's the biggest difference yeah that's true i mean like you could get a call at three in the morning something happened with one of your players and that's just your job you You have to be you just have to you just have to deal with that yeah yeah at bet365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every goal every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, this is a good one. We'll get, uh, this is from the same guy. I think it's uh, MGJRB who asked the question about the GOAT GM that we'll, we'll try to get to at some future point. But uh, because we shorted you on that, we'll take this one. Why do we need the max contract? If a team wanted to spend 80% of the cap on a player, why not let them? What would the league look like with no cap? And for those who are not familiar with the history, this is why we had basically the biggest issue in the 99 lockout. Interestingly enough, it was, it was actually not about revenue the players were getting 57 percent of the revenue back then that didn't go down to the 50 percent range until the 2011 lockout this was just about a putting in a max salary which after kevin garnett got a huge contract that what probably was more like that it was probably i don't know 60 percent of the cap maybe at that point like he was making like 25 million a year and the cap was probably like in the 40s at that point maybe even less than that uh so they did put in the max contract so uh, why not why why is life better with the max contract why did the owners want that and how do you you know should we go back you think john this is the argument daryl morey has made and and i'm actually a fan of this i i think you should have i think if you had a hard cap but let teams pay would pay players whatever they wanted you'd have a more equitable league and you would i think uh have management forced to make tougher choices but also smarter choices at times and i think right right now the superstars subsidize the league the superstars subsidize especially the middle class uh of players because that like Giannis should be making I don't know 70 80 million dollars a year same thing with with Jokic and the other top three or four players and they don't and so that money instead falls to falls to different players on the hierarchy so I I think there's there's an argument that you shouldn't have a max but that you sh- but that instead you would play with a, play with a hard cap that you couldn't go beyond because you, you had you kind of have to have one or the other I think um to to maintain yeah. some kind of competitive balance and some kind of financial balance so I I just think that that produces more interesting dilemmas for teams but also allows for more thoughtful team building in some ways too from from the team side where you say okay we're throwing our lot in with this guy or you know what you have to pay so much for a blue chip player that we might be better off just paying five red chips and competing with you that way like i i think actually a team a team that tried to win with depth would have a better chance in that kind of environment Whereas, whereas now yeah, they're hopeless because you, know, you, can, you can't you can't load yeah. up multiple superstars on the same team. Like the the Miami Heat with LeBron and Wade and and Chris Bosh were only possible because of the max contract. KD going to Golden State was basically only possible because of the the max contract. And so I I, I think it I don't know maybe the league doesn't like it because of that maybe the league would rather have super teams because they tend to garner more ratings than if everybody goes forty seven and thirty five. But for, from a competitive balance standpoint, I like it better with without a max contract. 
I think you're right uh, about a pure competitive balance standpoint. I think it's much better to not have a max. I actually think, number one, it's way better for the players. Or, or to, I'm sorry, it's better to have a max. I think it's way better for the players, number one, just because you know, studies have shown from a happiness perspective that the richer you get, the getting one more marginal dollar means less, right? Like to get, if you have uh, nine guys... Or, or 10 guys making 10 million versus one guy making 91 million the other nine making one you just there's more overall happiness within the league even if yeah lebron is so good in the sport of basketball that he is probably worth you know a hundred times some of the other players in the nba yeah the other he, thing that would be a problem is just keeping teams together yeah go ahead sorry oh absolutely absolutely yeah keeping teams together becomes really hard yeah you and injuries to one player can can really send you send you sideways if you're if you're built on a top heavy model so there there's a there's a lot to think about with with that form of team building i i do think one salient point of yours in 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 arguing for the max contract is not just that uh, you know, maybe the players are happier, but that the players who are quote unquote losing by being limited to the max contract are also making so much more off the court in terms of shoe yeah. deals and other endorsements. Like they, by that point, they have other streams. So that basketball is not their entire income most of the time. Well, and I think you, you alluded to another point that I think is probably actually the biggest one here. I, I would say, you know, continuity also, right? Like if you're the Oklahoma City Thunder, you draft Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook then as soon as their rookie contracts are over you're losing one of them and rookie, especially with guys coming in the league at 19 you know the draft would wouldn't be nearly as important at that point uh and just letting teams grow together you would have constant situations where guys were coming off rookie contracts their contract was ending and there's just literally no way that teams could retain guys as well but I think even the biggest reason is the one that you hit on which is if you make the wrong bet like you're just completely screwed yeah. I mean like if there's a hard cap and you're playing LeBron 90 million dollars and he falls off or he gets hurt or he's just not the player you thought he was going to be or whatever like your team is just done yeah. for a five-year period like there's and, nothing and it's, you and, can it's, do. and it's hopeless right yeah yeah i mean you can't even really rebuild it, you, you couldn't you couldn't even have room to sign your own draft picks <laughs> like it, it would be, yeah you tank into a too too good a draft spot and you yeah it's too high a salary slot and you, you end up having to trade down in the draft yeah <laughs> Yeah, and, and it were I have I haven't followed hockey that much, but I mean clearly the best players in hockey they're good, but they're they're not as important to success as the best players in basketball. And then in football, most of the contracts are not guaranteed after a couple of years, and so and, and even quarterbacks are only you know you've got fifty players on the team and you have to field twenty two of them at a given time. So e- even quarterbacks are only taking up you know probably twenty five percent of your cap at the most uh, in the NFL. So you can kind of get get around that too, and you know if you're if your quarterback gets injured that year you're probably screwed anyway so no i i I, it was probably an unintentional consequence that it actually i think it's actually way better for the players overall that there's a max contract i think it's better for the league and and i also like to see really good players at the highest level because i I don't mind that like not every team is like trying to compete for the championship every year i like the idea of team building and rebuilding your team and and getting into the draft that's what makes the draft so interesting as well in basketball so i i wouldn't change it and you make some good arguments henry abbott is made some good arguments a lot of people have but i i would not want to change it um all right let's do one more here quickly right. this is actually an easy one okay who will win the nba championship john wow okay 
Uh, I, this is not official prediction. Just how are you feeling right now? So I would take the field over any individual team, clearly. Uh, but if I had to pick an individual of team, course. I would probably go with Boston. Uh, even given some of the offensive shortcomings they showed at the highest level last year, I just I I like their chances of being a number one seed quite a bit, and so they automatically have an advantage there. Uh, yeah. I like their defense quite a bit. Their backcourt has more depth now. Uh, they were kind of injured in the finals last year. So, as it, you know, especially with what was going on with Robert Williams and stuff. So they might be able to come back a little stronger this year. And then also who all of the teams they would, that could potentially knock them off all have questions. Uh, I think Golden State has questions with age and losing some guys. I think the Clippers have questions with, you know, are Kawhi and Paul going to make it through the season? Uh, Denver certainly has questions. Milwaukee, I think, has questions. Boston already beat them last year. So I I know Middleton was out. but So I I think I just have more questions about those other teams that could knock them off than I do about the Celtics. So I would say say the field over anyone, but I would say the Celtics – as the highest probability of the field, maybe? What do you think? I'm going to go with the Golden State Warriors until until proven otherwise. I think they're... I, and, but I would agree with you. I mean, I think between Boston, Milwaukee, Clippers, Warriors, you know, that's probably your top four right now. And then there's another group of really good teams behind them with Denver and Philly, uh, Miami, I mean, maybe Brooklyn if they if they everyone sticks around there. Memphis, uh, so I, Memphis there's gonna be a could lot of good in there too this year. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was listing my teams and I ran out of gas, but I meant to say Memphis if I didn't. Um, yeah. Although I, I mean, we'll see whether Jaron makes it through healthy. Like I'm, I'm a little concerned about them and, and their their depth not being as good. But all right, this was fun. We got I mean, we got to maybe like 20 percent of these. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah. We're, we're definitely gonna try to get through some more uh, in in two weeks' time when we reconvene. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time. Till then. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.